Nahum Perik Bet. Nahum Perik Bet continues talking about the downfall of Ashur. And in the beginning of the Perik, Nahum turns to Yehuda, tells them about the coming redemption that they'll have resulting from the downfall of Ashur, continues to talk about the war that will lead to the downfall of Ashur, the actual physical events that lead to their destruction, and finally finishing off, sort of recalling the greatness that Ashur was in order to compare it to its state, stature, which will be in the future, as it will be destroyed. Behold on the mountains the feet of the herald proclaiming peace. Celebrate your holidays, Yehuda. Fulfill your vows. For the evil one will no longer continue to pass by you. He is completely cut off. And this Pasuk, the Nevi Nahum, speaks of a herald we've seen this several times in Tanakh. A herald going up on top of the mountain, proclaiming for all to hear. Everyone could see him, everyone can hear him. In this Pasuk, we have a hint, perhaps historically, of when Nahum was talking about. They seem to have not been able to, fulfill, to, to keep their holidays as they were meant to be fulfilled. Seems to be assured, didn't allow them to keep the holidays to the best that they should be able to. Of course, it's impossible to say exactly what the nature of the oppression was at that particular time. But as we mentioned in the introduction, definitely seems to be a time when Ashur had much control over the people of Yehuda. Fulfill your vows here probably refers to during a time of oppression. It makes a lot of sense that a lot of people would be making vows, dedicating sacrifices if, for example, Ashur would no longer be a problem. And here the Navi is saying, now you'll be able to fulfill those vows because everything you've been praying for and hoping for will come true. It's interesting to note that most commentators understand this pasuk referring to the downfall of the king Sanhedrin, the king of Ashur, who was the one who dispersed the ten tribes. If so, as we know, we saw yesterday in Chazal Seder Olam, they stated that Nahum was during the time of Menashe HaMelech. Of course, Sanhedrin was Goleh Daser Shvatim during time of Menashe, during the time of Chizkiyahu HaMelech. So it would be predating Nahum itself. If so, they understand this pasuk saying that Nahum was saying just like in the past, Sanchariv passed away. Sanchariv, as we mentioned, was killed by his own son and is no longer a problem to you. So too, the continuation of the kings of Ashur, the kingdom that is now, will no longer be a problem. Abar Benel, however, says this is not referring to Sanchariv. Instead, this is referring to the king of Ashur at the time, not necessarily referring to Sanchariv. The scatterer who has rose up against you is now besieged with the seeds. Look out on the road, gird your loins, and gather much strength. This pasuk, the way we translated it, follows the explanation of Rashi, who understands this pasuk as talking to Bnei Israel. The scatterer who has rose up against you, the kingdom of Ashur, known for its cruel tactics to its enemies, Ashur was Bebabil Ha'umot. They send everyone in exile all over the place, purposely mixing up peoples. That scatterer now is besieged by a siege from who, as we know, from Babel. For Sefer Derech, look out on the road and watch as the Babylonian troops come and take down your enemy. Hazik Bodnaim Amit Koach Ma'od, have much strength. Believe in God, for Hashem will take care of you, and you have nothing to worry about. Ibn Ezra, on the other hand, understands this pasuk as talking to Ashur. 
the Navi is the not Navi Nahum turns to Ajur and says, the scatterer has now come up against you. Bavel, the one who is ultimately gonna lead to your downfall, has now come up against you and is laying a siege upon you. The Navi is telling the kingdom of Ashur, gird your loins, gather strength, because this isn't gonna end up well for you. Prepare for battle and do your best, but you are eventually this is gonna be your downfall. Pasukimu. Where Hashem is returning the pride of Yaakov to be like the pride of Israel. For looters have looted them and their branches they have cut off. We explain this pasuk according to Rashi and others who understand Shav as a return. However, Radak mentions that Shav can also mean sometimes in Tanakh, Tranquility, peacefulness. The Shav Hashem at Gaon Yaakov, Gaon Israel, it will be peaceful like Gaon Israel. Gaon Yaakov and Gaon Israel here are two names referring to essentially the status of the Jewish people. Here and in this Pasuk, Hashem is telling the people that it will return their status to what it once used to be, perhaps in the times of David Shlomo and they were a powerful nation. Malbim understands this Pasuk differently. He understands Gaon Yaakov to referring to the ten tribes of Mahut Israel and Gaon Israel referring to the kingdom of Yehuda. In context that makes sense, Gaon Yaakov, the kingdom that is exiled, the ten tribes will return to be like the kingdom of Yehuda, which is currently still in the land of Israel with the Beit HaMikdash. Uh, Barbanel takes it the other way and more of Shatun Ilim, Gaon Yaakov, the Gaon of Yehuda, of the kingdom of Yehuda will be like Gaon Israel, like the ten tribes. Interestingly enough, that leads the Barbanel to understand this pasuk as a tochecha pasuk, claiming the eventual destruction of Bnei Israel is said in this pasuk. Of course, most of the other Mepharshim do not explain it like that, as the rest of Sefer Nahum seems to be completely talking about the destruction of the enemies, not the destruction of Israel itself. The next few pasukim talk about the powerful, mighty battle that will be between Mahut Ashur and Mahut Israel. Pasuk Dalid. Magen giborehu me'adam, anshe chayil metulaim, ve'esh peladot ha'rechev v'yom ha'chino, v'beroshim hor'alu. The shields of his mighty men are reddened. His soldiers are colored scarlet. The chariot is in the fire of torches on the day it is prepared, and the cypress trees have been poisoned. In this pasuk, the Navi Nahum turns towards the legions of Bavel and exclaims their mighty preparations they have made for war. The shields of their warriors are red. Radak indicates that this red perhaps was their custom of going into battle with regality, so in order to scare their enemies. Barbanel mentions perhaps red because of all the blood for former wars that gathered on their shield. Their chariots are glistening with fire she explains that they're shined and polished and ready for war, that the brightness of their polish is as a fire. Others explain, including the Radak, Ibn Ezra, that as they fly over the mountaintops, over the rocks, sparks will go up from their wheels as they race toward Ashur to destroy it. So quickly will be their downfall. The cypress trees, which were poisoned, mentioned at the end of the Pasuk, refers to the spears and other instruments of war that were covered with poison that Bavel was bringing to destroy the Assyrians with. Radak also brings another opinion that Horlalu means not poison, as we translated, rather trembling, that the 
officer, and this refers back to the officers of Nimveh, back to the army of Ashur. It says they're trembling with fear as the mighty Babylonian army comes to destroy them. The next pasuk, according to Moshe Farshim, turns back towards Ashur and their reaction as they prepare for war. Pasuk in the courtyards, the chariots run wild. They bang in the streets. Their appearance is like flames. Like lightning, they run. If you understand this pasuk to be talking about the Assyrian troops, they're going wild. They don't know what to do. They're running around in their courtyards with their chariots. They're in the streets. They can't leave the city because of the siege. And there's just all this wild energy going about as they prepare for their downfall. Marahen Kalapidim, the Radak explains they're embarrassed. Their face is bright red like flames. They're embarrassed. They don't have any other alternative to do. The Mitzvot explained Marahen Kalapidim. You can't even see them. They flash away. They're here. They're there. They're everywhere. And you can't get a good look at them as they just run around with their wild, not knowing what to do. According to Abad Bernal, as we mentioned, this whole pasuk is talking about the Babylonian troops continuing to talk about how they prepare for war. They're so excited to go out to face the Syrians before they're even ready to go to war. They're running their chariots wild in the streets. Again, the same wild energy, but this time not of the impending doom, but rather of going out and destroying the Assyrian nation. Pasuk Vav. Iskora dirav ikashiru bahalichatam imaharu homatah it will remember its powerful ones. They will stumble in their walking. They will rush to the wall and the covering will be prepared. This pasuk, again, can be interpreted in multiple ways. Rashi understands this pasuk as referring to the Assyrians to Ashur. They will remember their powerful warriors that they used to have, but now they don't have them. They will stumble as they rush to the wall to defend against the incoming troops. But, alas, once they get there, their defensive towers will be set up as they prepare for the onslaught. Alternatively, the monarch will be ready, he'll be prepared for war. Radak, as well as Ibn Ezra, explained that this pasu can be referring to the Babylonians. As the Babylonians get ready for war, it'll call up all its mighty warriors, it'll remember them to call them to send them into war. And they'll be so in such in a hurry to get to Nuveh to destroy Ashur, they'll stumble as they run to get to it. And once they get to the wall, Huchan Hasokh, as we translated the covering, the doc explains that as they seize the city, they built a type of covering on top of them to protect from the warriors in the in Nuveh throwing projectiles from on top of the wall, they build a covering on top of them. So they'll be set up ready to siege and nothing will be able to stop them. Pasuk Zayn. The gates of the rivers have been opened and the palace has melted. This refers to the Babylonians breaking into the city. The gates of the city by the rivers, perhaps the side entrances, has been breached and the palace is as if it's melting away as it loses all its strength and power. Pasuk Chet and Hutsav has been brought up and exiled. The maidservants who lead her sound like dogs, beating on their chests.
We did not translate Hutzav. The reason for being so is because many Matharshim, including Jordak and Ibn Ezra, explained Hutzav as the name of the queen herself. Thus she was exiled, brought up on a wagon perhaps, and sent out to exile, referring to the queen of Ashur. Rashi also interprets this as the queen. However, he explains it wasn't the name, but rather Hutzav was the title, so to speak, a name for calling the queen. So Hutzav from the Tsevich, from standing, she always stands by the king. In many places throughout Tanakh, the Tanakh uses the dove as a picture of moaning and lamenting of a bird that is calling out or crying. They're beating on these chests, these maidservants who used to be in a great place. They used to be serving the queen of Ashur, the most powerful nation, now are leading into exile, just like everyone else. Pesuk Tet. kivrechat mimehi. And Nineveh is like a pool of water from days past. And they are running away. They call out, stop, stop. And no one turns back. Comparing Nineveh to a pool of water indicates its richness. It had everything it could possibly need. The pool of water indicates its luxury, its benefit from all the nations of the world paying homage to it as the most powerful nation in the world. And it was like that for a long time from days past. But now what happens, that Sarivang place that was so full of riches, they're running away and they can't and no one could even get them to turn around, face their enemies, or stay in that city that was so luxurious. The Barbanel points out that Nveh was built along the Tigris River. As such he explained this Pasuk literally. It was like a Birachat Maim. Its water and soil was mixed together, its very foundations was built on water, and that led it to be a city of luxury, of frailty, of weakness, and thus that caused them to run away. Pasuk Yud. Bozu kesef, bozu zahav, ve'en ketze latechona, kavod mikol keli hamda. Plunder silver, plunder gold, and there is no limit to that which was prepared. Clean it out of all precious vessels. This Pasuk is talking about Nahum talking to the Babylonians, Plunder the Assyrians, take everything they have. There's no limit to the vast amounts of things they stored up and prepared over the years. Clean it out from everything. Alternatively, Mahari Kara explains that the people of Nineveh are telling the Babylonians, sort of pleading with them, don't take our lives, take our gold instead. And, and what they answer, Kavod Mikol Klechemda. No, we rather have Kavod, we rather have the respect, the honor of being able to beat you than all the value and gold and silver that you have within your city. That's sort of as a conversation between the people of Ashur and Bavel, as opposed to the Navi Nahum addressing the people of Bavel. Pasuk Yudalif. Buka umivuka umivulaka. Elev names upik verkaim v'halchalab v'cholmotnaim v'pnei kulam kibetsu parur. She is emptied, emptied and cut off. And the melting heart and buckling knees and trembling in all loins, and all their faces have gathered darkness. Nineveh will be completely emptied of anything valuable, be cut off, will cease to exist. This powerful description of the emptiness of Nineveh is very characteristic, as well as the rest of the Pesuk, blackness and shaking, is very characteristic of Nahum, as we've seen. And really, it's a good point to point out that Nahum uses very vivid imagery to convey his point across. And really, uh, if, you know, seeing the book of Nahum, 
becomes clear that he really, his message is the hope of the people. And as such, his entire goal was to give them a picture they could see, they could feel, vivid imagery which, which they could relate to so that they could ga gather hope again for their redemption and the destruction of Ashur. Pasuk Yud Bet where is the den of lions and a grazing ground it was for young lions? That a lion and lioness would go forth from there, as well as the lion cub, and none are afraid. In a satirical lament on the city of Nineveh, here the Nandina whom turns to them and say, where is that den of lions? You guys were like lions. You used to go forth from your city and destroy everything in your path. The lion and lioness together used to go out. They could take their kid and not worry about anything happening to him because they were so powerful. Alternatively, others, Targum Yonatan explains, they could leave their kid in the city. They could leave him there and go out for war and not worry because no one would dare attack the powerful city of Nineveh. It's a satirical lament just to show how strong they once were, and now they're being finally destroyed. Pesukit Gimel. Aryeh toref bedei gorotav umhanek luvotav, vaymalet heref horav umhanotav terefah. The lion maims for its cubs and chokes for its lionesses. It filled its holes with prey and its dwellings with carcasses. Again, continuing with the powerful imagery of Ashur as the lion which goes forth and will do anything necessary to provide a rip prey. It will choke the animals it's against in order to provide for its, for its family, its nation, for the city of the Nineveh. Nothing can get in its way. Pasuk Yudalit. I have turned toward you the word of Hashem, master of legions, and I have burned into smoke her chariots, and your lion cubs the sword will eat, and I will destroy from your land your carcasses, and the sound of your messenger shall not be heard any longer. Relating to the last pasuk, comparing it to a lion, now he says, your chariots, which we talked about, mentioned earlier in the pedic, they will go into smoke. Your lions, you're compared to powerful lions and with children and leaving behind an old confident. Those very children, the chedev will not only kill you, it will go inside your city and destroy the children that you leave behind. Your, what you hide in your holes, in your horim, your, your carcasses, the food that you gathered, that you think is safe, stored away, that I will destroy, you will be no more. And lo yishema'od the messenger preparing for war, which you used to use to go out and fight against other nations, will now be sent against you, and no longer will you even have the luxury of your messenger as he gets destroyed along with the rest of your city.